Hello and welcome to another episode of the Orlando Parks Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. I've seen it twice and I'm ready to talk about it. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some spoilers. Okay, here we go. We're talking about Avengers Endgame. The movie has been out for a few weeks now, so I guess it's safe to talk about it. Uh, Even with spoilers, I mean, honestly, if you haven't seen the movie by now, shame on you. If you don't want to hear spoilers, you've had more than enough time to plan a trip to the theater to see this. I mean, it was announced, I don't know how long ago that it was coming out, a couple weeks ago. And if you still haven't seen it, then all I can say is too bad. But with that being said, let's get into it. I honestly didn't think I would be doing a movie review on this channel, but you know what? I love the Avengers. Since Iron Man all the way through the end game, I've watched all of them with the exception of Captain Marvel. I have not seen Captain Marvel yet. I plan to, but I think honestly it's coming out on video in a couple weeks, I think it is, June or something like that, July, I think, so obviously I'll just buy the uh, DVD, but uh, as far as Endgame goes, I mean, we can just take it right from the beginning, the opening song that they use for that, for the movie, it's amazing, that song plays right off of what we all seen, what we all felt, off of Infinity War. You know, I don't know who picked the song, but they did a great job. The song's lyrics are absolutely amazing. You heard it on the intro to the podcast here. And it's, ah, man, it's just an amazing song just to tie into everybody's feelings off of Infinity War. It really is. Dear Mr. Fantasy, take us out of this gloom. I mean, wow. You know, and the rest of the song, it just goes on and whew. But uh, honestly, yeah, we can talk, we can get into the opening scene, obviously. I mean, even with uh, Hawkeye, he wasn't in Infinity War. Uh, Supposedly had some injuries from one of these other movies he was doing, and that's what kept him from Infinity War. He's playing, or not playing, he is teaching his daughter how to shoot a bow and arrow. And obviously, as you guessed it, just a few minutes go by and nobody is around anymore. None of his family are around anymore. They get turned to ash. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, that's really how the movie starts out. And I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't get choked up during that the whole movie, I I was choked up the whole entire movie, you know, when that happened, I was literally like on the verge of just like tears, you get, when you watch a movie or a franchise, something as big as Marvel, you know, you have characters that you, you love, you have characters that you, you know, you don't like so much, but you still love everybody that's in the movie. It doesn't matter. And then you become emotionally invested in everything that goes on in that franchise. So when a movie comes out, 
And you start seeing something like that because you know, just like they've said, this is the end game. You know, you know things are going to happen. But you also know that, yeah, things are going to be reversed. You have, you, you have a, you know, uh, you feel that everything that happened in Infinity War is going to be reversed. I mean, you just know that there's no way that's going to happen. And it's just going to stay that way. You know, it's... But getting back to that scene, yeah, that was a little heartbreaking to watch. You know, I think everybody was uh, in tears from that moment on. And it's like... And then it cuts into... uh, I love the scene with... Tony Stark and Nebula on the spaceship. That scene, I, I just love that scene. You know, he's pretty much, obviously we've seen in the trailers, he's filming his last words, I guess, to Pepper Potts and uh, Pepper Stark. And, you know, that was a sad, that was a sad scene, you know? And I really like the fact that when he was pretty much just, I would say passed out, but just, you know, passed out on the floor, I really love the fact that Nebula picked him up and actually put him in the seat. That, I gained a lot of respect for Nebula. I love Nebula anyway, but that really was like, wow, you know, she's not as hardcore as she portrays herself, you know, like there is a softer side to Nebula, but I really like that, and then, you know, the scene cuts where, um, you know, obviously you see Tony sitting in the seat, and then the light, you start seeing this light come onto his face, and it's almost like they're, uh, he's drifting close to like a sun, I guess, you know, but it's so intense, and when he opens his eyes, and you see Captain Marvel sitting out there. And, I mean, obviously, that's the intro to Captain Marvel in Endgame. I, I don't know too much about Captain Marvel. I, I really don't. I gotta watch the movie. I really need to watch the movie, because there are some major questions that, honestly, I feel that they're not answering. And it's just not with her, but it was uh, with other things that happened in this movie. There's just questions. I think everybody that sees it has questions. You know? Um, But even with her, I mean, yeah, I liked it. You know, when you, you look outside and you see her sitting there and she's got that fire stuff going on or whatever. And, you know, she's able to obviously survive in outer space with nothing on, you know, other than just a suit, you know, who knows, maybe she has some kind of protective barrier or something, or a force field or something on, I don't know, but, uh, you know, and then she takes the ship down to earth, and, you know, even from that scene, you know, you, sh- you see everybody in Avengers headquarters, and, you know, his Captain America, was he brushing his teeth or something, and he hears this rumble, so they all run outside, None of those people know who she is. At least I don't think they do. 
you know, and it wasn't like, it was just, oh, hey, I bought your ship to you and your, your crew, you know, and you really didn't see anybody ask, like, well, who are you, you know, it was just, you know, Rody saying, well, where have you been this whole time, and, you know, obviously, her response was, there are a lot more other planets out there, and they didn't have you guys or something, you know, and, like, okay, you know, maybe they made their introductions off camera, you know, it just, it would have been nice, maybe, if they could have just added a little something to, so she could kind of give a little backstory in the film as to who she is, where she comes from, and, you know, just stuff like that, I mean, but I'm sure I'll pick all that up during the uh, movie, the Captain Marvel movie, um, you know, and then it goes out into the plan where they go after Thanos and all that, but again, I gotta go back to one of my questions, how does Captain Marvel, now she's obviously, she already made the reference that there's other planets out there, blah, 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 how does somebody like that not have a clue as to what's going on with Thanos and his plan and I just don't understand. I, again, it's questions that need to be answered, and I hope I get the answers. I hope some, at some point, you know, these are answered. I mean, even Thor, when Thor and uh, her were in the uh, in the headquarters, you know, uh, he stands up right after she makes her comment, and he summons Stormbreaker. I like this one. And you take Thor, right? Now, isn't he, what, the king of the nine realms or something? Or he's out there and he's out there in the universe. So how in the world does Thor not know who Captain Marvel is and vice versa? How is that possible in this universe? I don't see it. Heimdall. Now, wasn't he supposed to be able to see every single person? I mean, I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. I'd have to go back and watch some of the other movies. But I want to say that he was supposed to be able to see anybody anywhere. Except superheroes? I don't know. But enough with my question on that. You know, then we go into where they have the plan. They go to Thanos. That was a pretty cool scene. You know, wasn't expecting it. But, you know, I don't know. They did what they did. And I think, I don't know if that scene, it was all right. But if you noticed in the trailer, when Rocket opens the door, that's whose cabin he's opening up the door to. He's opening up to... uh, No, he's not. He's opening up Thor's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was opening up Thor's five years later. But yeah, then they cut off Thanos' head. Which I thought was pretty cool. You know, they weren't going to get anything out of him. You know? And Thor being, you know, upset, obviously, you know. They all were. They got beat, but... 
I liked, I really did like that scene with Thor when he just said, pretty much F you, off with your head. That was it. I'm not playing. Kind of maybe that's the tone they all should have had in the, since the beginning. Not playing. But, uh, you know, then they, they jump five years later. And, you know, obviously, you see, I think it was Manhattan. They show the Statue of Liberty, all the boats and everything, you know, pretty much just adrift. They just run into each other, just, you know, it's a wreck. He does, you know, Captain America's, I kind of felt like this was a nod to Sam from what Sam was doing back in the real world before all the the snap happened, you know. He had the meetings and everything like that. And there it is, Captain America, you know, taking charge and holding meetings and helping people get through. And, you know, and I thought that was a pretty cool scene. I really did. I really liked the fact that he was conducting meetings and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. You know. Um, And then Ant-Man... I thought it was a little cheesy the way Ant-Man came back. I really did. I mean, a rat. I mean, it's possible. But, I mean, you know, how is a rat just going to touch some buttons and then turn this thing on where people that probably, well, obviously moved the van into the storage facility. You know, I'm sure nobody was messing with anything, right? I mean, I don't know. But, hey, you know what? He needs a way back in to the real world, and that was it. And that was pretty cool. I really like the fact that he was like, oh, I've been down there for like five hours, and they're like, it's been five years. You know, I mean, or five hours, the whole quantum realm time. and that, That was pretty cool. I like the way that works. You know, it was a sad scene with his daughter. You know, it's, I don't know, you you think you're gone for five hours and you come back and everything has changed and, you know, the world doesn't look anything like it did when you went into the quantum realm, you know? Nobody's around. It's pretty much a ghost town. Everything has, everything, the, the, the it reminds me of one of those Discovery uh, or National Geographic documentaries, you know, Life Without People or something, where nature just reclaims everything. It, the vines and the bushes and the trees just take over, and that's kind of what it looked like, you know? It was getting to that stage, you know? That was a good scene, quick scene. Um, and then, obviously, he shows up at Avengers HQ, and then, you know... They thought it was a pre-recorded message to find, you know, only to find out, no, it's not. He was really there. And then, you know, they were talking and they go see Tony. And, you know, I I like the fact Tony moved on. I don't like the fact that Tony moved on, but, ah, it was good, you know. They find, and then... I mean, obviously, Tony being Tony, even, you knew, even the way he told them he wasn't going to, he didn't want to be involved, he didn't want to do any of it, you know, they could stay if they weren't going to talk shop and all that stuff, 
But you know dang well, Tony being Tony, wasn't going to let it sit. And he was going to figure out a way to make time travel possible. I mean, he was going to find a way to make that loop right. And obviously he did. And then he goes, you know, obviously he's feeling bad for, you know, Peter Parker. He's just, you know, he's Iron Man, right? He's the one that pretty much started everything. So I I think there was a lot of burden on his shoulders, more than they probably chose to show. Of course, they only showed the part about Spider-Man and stuff like that, you know. But that was good. So they figure that out. They make all these new suits. The new suits look pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Might be a Halloween costume for me. I don't know. But, uh, you know, either that or Fat Thor. I don't know. I'm kind of liking both. I could kind of... I'm already like Fat Thor, but not as fat. But, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see Halloween. And then, uh, you know, they they get the uh, pin particles and they all go on their journeys. And the one thing that I'm going to tell you right now that I totally forgot was when Black Widow and Hawkeye had to go to get the Soul Stone over in Vormir. I was just... You know, I was choked up. I was tearing here and there. I wasn't even thinking about that. And then once he's, once Red Skull said it had to be a soul for a soul, I was like, you got to be kidding me. It was just hit me all of a sudden. And I was like, oh, my God. No, 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 no. And then, I, you know, out of the two people, I really, 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 really like Black Widow in all the movies. You know? She doesn't have all the superpowers. She doesn't have this, but she's got the brains. She's got the know-how, and she can fight. I mean, that girl can fight. And I think that she is like, I think she's an asset to the Avengers. So I was very, very, very upset when it was her that gave her life for the Soul Stone. I really was upset. I was like, no. They should have figured out a way to fight Red Skull and maybe kill him for the Soul Stone or something, and then they can go back. Um, that that scene killed me. It really did. And even after the movie, I was like, I was depressed a little bit. I was like, really? They they had to take out Black Widow? Come on, you know. But I don't know. It is what it is. I don't think she's dead. I think, again, another thing that needs to be answered, you know, at the after the movie. Um, and then we have... The Gamora scene was pretty cool, I thought. You know, when they went back and... Was it Rhodey and Nebula? They go back to... God, whatever planet that was. You know, when they find Peter Quill and all that... And that's when everything happens with Nebula. Now, one question, honestly, that I don't understand is 
if future Nebula, right, already has like, ah, you know, all these memories, how is a glitch in past Nebula going to show that? that? That is one thing that I just don't understand. I didn't get that. Those memories haven't even been, I guess, made yet, implanted yet, you know what I mean? Or impressions of those memories, it hasn't even happened yet in Nebula. So that that was, I don't know, that was odd to me, you know? And then obviously that leads to everything else that took place, and Bad Nebula goes back, and, you know, you see everything once they come back. Obviously, Hawkeye's alone, and that was hard. And then you pretty much get right into, uh, you know, that scene when Ant-Man is looking out the window, and he looks up and sees Thanos' ship, and you just see it from the other angle now, where it's just looking straight down. All I'm thinking was like, Oh my God, this is, this is bad. This is bad. And then obviously, oh my God, he just annihilates the building, blows the thing to bits. Miraculously, everybody gets out, you know, and then the fight ensues, the big fight. I thought it was pretty good. I honestly wish the fight that fight scene could have been a little longer, um, but, you know, it, it was a good fight scene, it was a good battle scene, I should say, you know, everybody, everybody, they showed everybody fighting, everybody, you know, just doing everything they could, um, you know, I honestly, the fight scene between Thor and Thanos with Captain America was pretty cool. I never seen it coming where, you know, Thor's on the ground getting beat and he looks over to Molnir. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it starts to like rumble a little bit, shake, and then it takes off. So I'm thinking, okay, here he goes, and it like passes him, and then it winds up in the hands of Captain America. And of course, I'm not going to lie, the second that happened, the whole entire theater just went ballistic. They went crazy. Everybody was like screaming, what, you know? And then I was like, whoo, but I honestly had a feeling that if any one of them was able to do that, it would have been him. Because he's truly worthy. I, I, I guess the way Thor explained, you know, it's how you really feel in your heart if you're worthy to wield that kind of power. That's what I take from the Thor movies. And, you know, even when uh, Odin's telling him, you know, you have to be worthy to own, you know, to have the hammer and to wield it, to summon it, you know, and that was pretty cool. Um, of course I didn't realize until after I watched the movie that I learned that whoever is able to summon Thor's hammer also has all the powers that Thor has too. He can summon the lightning. I didn't realize that when I was watching, I thought it was just weird when 
he was able to throw the lightning and all that stuff to Thanos and, you know, but that was a good scene. You know, that battle scene was pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, you started hearing like crackling almost like through an earpiece, you know, and it's Sam, you know, and, you know, once I heard that, I'm like, uh oh, here it goes, you know what I'm saying? Something's happening. And then, then you hear, uh, on your left or something, and then you hear Doctor Strange, you know, I think he said, I think he said something to Iron Man, Tony on your left or something, or, and then you start seeing those, I don't know what they're called, but those little portholes opening up, and, you know, the very first group of people to walk through was Black Panther, and, you know, his uh, bodyguards, and, there's like three of them, and this whole entire theater, when them three walked through, I thought they were loud when Captain America summoned the hammer, no, 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 uh-uh. that was nothing compared to when they started walking through, and then another one opens up, they walk through, another one opens up, you know, they walk through, and then... This is why I have, I've seen the movie twice. I, 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 this is a movie I have to see like a dozen times. And it's pretty much those, you know, all those portholes. That's the only way I can refer to them. I don't know what they're called. You know, those portholes opening up. Um, but, you know, there's one where if you look when Wasp is walking through and after, well, she flies through and then all of a sudden she expands to her human size. You know, once that happens, if you look directly to her right, you'll see a little white blip. Well, that's Howard the Duck. I didn't know that the first time, but I caught it the second time because I knew to look for it. And I'm just curious to see who else could be walking through those because they were opening up these portals from all over, I want to say, the galaxy, right? I mean, or it might have been the world. I don't know. But there's a lot more people walking through than we probably get to see. You know, they don't—they're not telling everybody who's walking through. And then I just love the expression on Thanos's face once that happens. You can see it go. You can see his expression go from "I'm gonna win" to "Oh no, I'm not." You know, gonna win. Like we have some serious problems. You know. And, you know, that sets the tone for the rest of the, uh, rest of that battle. I mean, they just, man, everybody comes through. Everybody. Valkyrie, I mean, you name it. Everybody comes through. And, wow. That, I just, it's such an awesome battle scene and it's probably why I wish it could be longer than what it actually is. You know, I would. Uh, it's just so awesome. That scene is just woo. Everybody is just, you know, wow. Everybody is just going at it. Everybody gets time on screen. Um, I really liked. Uh, you know what? There's nothing I didn't like about that. You know. I think there can be podcasts after podcasts just on the battle scene alone trying to break it all down. 
you know. Um, but one thing I did forget to mention was before all that started, when Hulk had the uh, gauntlet, you know, and he was talking about Nat, and he tried to bring her back, and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, the thing is, you don't know if he did bring her back. You know, you don't know if he brought her back, but she's somewhere else. You know, it's just one of the things you don't know. Um, and then, you know, I liked, I really liked Pepper Potts when she came in as rescue. I really loved her suit. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there's just so much, so much that happened in that battle scene that they just had to cram it all in and honestly I th I know Infinity War and Endgame I know it was a two-parter but I kind of feel that Endgame itself could have been a two-parter you know could have been just this long drawn out battle and this and that and oh that would be whoo that would be really really awesome to watch um, you know, the fighting's going on, everybody's getting their fair share of licks in, and, you know, Captain Marvel comes back, and, you know, she's fighting Thanos, and from what I've heard, you know, leading up to the movie, oh, Captain Marvel's so strong, she can easily defeat Thanos, well, Thanos got a pretty good piece of her in that movie, she was getting tossed around like a rag doll a little bit, uh, which didn't make sense, and then, you know, but I get it, you know, then he goes to headbutt her, and it's like, she doesn't even flinch, I'm like, what, I don't, what, what, you know, and then, was she gets thrown or something into the, I don't know, she gets thrown somewhere, and I thought she got thrown into the van, and she got sucked into the quantum realm thing or something, and went somewhere, and then, obviously, when she comes back, you know, all the ships, just firing on the ground and <laughs> I didn't understand why they stopped and they just started firing straight out and then even still even when she was flying through you know I'm like oh man she's coming back and then she goes right through. she's so strong she could fly right through a ship if she's so strong she could fly right through a ship why don't she just fly right through him I don't know another question I guess you know but uh you know, that scene was pretty cool, and it reminded me of... <sighs> it reminded me of the scene in The Last Jedi where um, Laura Dern's character takes the ship, turns it around, and jumps through light speed right through the, the cruiser, the battle cruiser, whatever that was following them, you know? Or the Dreadnought ship or one, another Dreadnought ship or something. You know, it, it kind of reminded me just of that, you know, and it's Disney. You know, another Disney film. But, I, you know, that was a pretty cool scene. You know, I like that. Once that happened, you know, I still hear everyone talk about, oh, well, there's this girl power scene. I'm going to have to YouTube it. You know, I didn't... Uh, I got to catch that scene for some reason, and I don't know how I missed it. Maybe there's just so much going on. I just, maybe it was a quick reference or something. I don't know. It was all girls, Avengers or something, which I'm sure is coming down the road at some point. 
Um, and that would be fine. I don't care, you know? Um, and then, you know, when I didn't realize, and I like the fact that scene between Tony Stark and Captain Strange, Captain Strange, Doctor Strange on, on the battlefield, when Tony asked him, you know, you said you've seen this, you know, battle where we come out on top. Please tell me that this is the one. Are you sure this is the one? And when Doctor Strange says, if I tell you how we win, it's not going to happen. After the movie ends, you realize that if Doctor Strange had told Tony that you are going to take the Infinity Gauntlet, you're going to snap your fingers, you're going to get, you know, you're going to wipe out Thanos and his armies, but in doing so, you're also going to kill yourself because you're going to die. <clears throat> Obviously, we know that, yeah, Tony Stark, Tony Stark wouldn't be about that life, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you kind of, you feel bad for Doctor Strange because he, you know, he knows that Tony has to die in order for them to win. And it's like, okay, you know, again, it's one of those things that we get, I get, you know, I know that Robert Downey Jr. has been wanting out of playing Iron Man and stuff like that. I've heard that's why there was never an Iron Man 4. But, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I just always thought that somewhere he was just going to give up being Iron Man and that he would kind of take care of their tech on ground in headquarters. You know? He was going to be that guy and let Rhodey or somebody else become Iron Man. That's what I always thought. But obviously now that's not the case. That's not going to happen. And, you know, I don't know. You know, it was a sad, sad part of the movie. A lot of people were crying. I mean, I was one of them. You know, there were a lot of people. I mean, you could listen to the whole the whole theater, and you can hear everybody sniffling and all that. I mean, this was one of the most emotional movies I've seen. It's just, it was that good. And then I didn't catch it during the funeral scene. I really didn't. But the kid standing there. It's the same kid from Jurassic World, uh, you know, the first one. Um, and the kid from Iron Man 3. But after going back to IMDb, looking at the casts, that actually is the kid. He changed that much, doesn't even look like the kid from Jurassic World anymore or Iron Man 3. He looks totally different. That's why I don't think anybody really recognized him. But supposedly in the comics... I guess, what, he'll be the next Iron Man or something, or possibly, or down the road, or, you know, somewhere he, he may become the next, or an Iron Man at some point, which is fine. You know, somebody has to. That, and that's another thing they didn't do. They did not 
give they, they didn't say who would become Iron Man. It was just you know, I'm hoping that somewhere along the lines, whether it be it has to be in Spider Man. It has to be in Spider Man. You know, whether somewhere in the movie or a cutscene where they actually show somebody doing something with the Iron Man suit to take it, you know, take up the role. You know, they didn't really say anything. Um, and then before we had the funeral scene, you know, it was very touching with uh, Peter Parker and Tony Stark. You know, obviously, you know, that was getting everybody crying because, you know, roles were reversed at that point. Um, you know, and then Pepper Potts comes in and I felt bad for her. Because I, I, you know, she doesn't have the biggest part in the, the franchise, but, or hasn't had the biggest part in the franchise so far, but I like her character, you know. I just, I like her as an actress anyway, you know. And as, it was a touching scene, you know. And I was just, I felt so bad too. I was like, oh man, this sucks, you know. It really does. And then the funeral scene and everybody, they showed everybody. I mean, every single person was there. Um, you know, Hank Pym, the wife, you know, they were there. Um, and uh, Nick Fury shows up. You know, it was, it was everything. I mean, it was really, really, really good. But questions as far as uh, stuff that did happen, you know, I, I need somebody to explain to me how the future Nebula can shoot and kill the past Nebula and still be alive. Because that I don't get. I mean, you're killing your past self, right? So doesn't that kind of zero out your future self I you know but I know they did say something about the back to the future stuff you know all that it's not real and doesn't work that way so maybe that's why <laughs> um I wish there could have been I don't know a little bit bigger funeral or something for Black Widow than just some gathering I don't know you know I just I gotta watch the movie again. I really do. You know, because I don't know. Maybe I'm holding out hope that she was brought back somehow. You know, I don't know. Maybe the soul realm and the quantum realm and all these other realms are connected. So maybe, you know, they can go down into the quantum realm and go through a couple of realms now that they got Hank and. His wife, and sorry, I don't remember his wife's name in the movie. I know it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, maybe they can figure out a way to, uh, you know, go into the soul realm and maybe get her if that's where she's at. Um, I would have liked to know what happened to that uh, character Ghost from Ant-Man and Wasp. 
you know, when everything was going on. I don't know if they're leaving that up for maybe Ant-Man and Wasp 2. But I thought she was saved. So hopefully that's something that comes comes out soon, you know? What happened to that that character? Um, let me see. Man, I think there's like so much stuff I wanted to talk about, and then I really didn't get around to talking about most of it. But questions, uh, you know, even when uh, Captain America, when Captain America takes the stones back, you know, again, he has to take them. He has to put them back from the very, this, the very time they were taken. So, eh, again, questions need to be answered about the soul stone. Was he there? Did he happen to, well, did Black Widow not die because he returned the stone? Where is she? You know, I've already read some suggestions that when he went back in time and came back as an old man, and he said he lived a good life with a girl, whatever like that, you know, I've read suggestions that said it was not Peggy he lived with, it was in fact Natasha. I would be, I don't know, I mean, that would be, I guess maybe totally fine with that. You know, he went and got the soul, he went and returned the soul stone first, got her back, they, she, they, then she helped him return all the other stones and they took the time stone back and went and had a life of their own. But again, at the same time, that scene, he returns as an old man, which to me says every single thing that he's done up until this point in the movie, has he has not been a part of at that point then. He's taken himself out of all of that. You know, unless I'm reading too much into it. But that's what I get out of it. You know? Oh, I went back and I had a life, but I just happened to show up here on the bench. You know? As an old man. Questions, people. Questions that need to be answered. You know? I just... Oh... I guess the question is just probably not going to stop because everybody's got questions, you know. It's just things that I just, I don't know. They need to explain a little more, you know. But who knows? Like I said, the franchise isn't done by any means. And, you know, hopefully we'll get answers to what happened. I mean, in the ne- in the upcoming movies. Because sure everything that happens now is happening after Endgame. So even the new Spider-Man uh movie the trailer came out Thursday and I mean I'll be honest with you if you haven't even seen Endgame and you watch this trailer then you already had the biggest spoiler to start with they started out with his death Tony Stark's death that was crazy I could not believe they put that in the trailer you know I I, but the trailer looks good it looks really good far from home I knew it wasn't just some Oh, well, I'm going to Europe. That ain't far from home. You know, I knew he had to go somewhere. I knew that there was somewhere he was heading that was far from this place. 
whether it was back out in space or somewhere else, I knew he was going somewhere else other than just, oh, well, I'm going across the uh, ocean to Europe. You know, and he's going into, what, another dimension. And in the trailer, he actually makes the multiverse reference. You know? Oh, there's a multiverse? You know? And yeah, because that's where Mysterio is from. From the other dimension. He's from Earth, but not our Earth. The other Earth in a different dimension. Like, okay. You know, but that's... Again, leading up to some other stuff that's coming down the road, you know? Can't wait to see what it is, you know? Uh, obviously, he's got new suits, which I have a question as to who's making these suits now. Tony Stark has been the inventor of all the tech the Avengers have. He designed... Every one of Spider-Man suits, you know, the Starks designed everything Captain America had. I mean, every single suit, all the Black Widows, every single thing, every weapon that they used was designed by Tony Stark. So who's making all this stuff now? Who has become, who has taken on that role? It's not Nick Fury. It's not Maria Hill. You know, I would say the only person there that has that ability would be Hank Pym. Unless there's somebody else that I'm missing. It would be Hank Pym. And I'll be honest with you. Even that, I would maybe have to question as far as his ability to make anything as good as Tony Stark could make it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just you're so used to watching Tony Stark build all this cool stuff. You really haven't seen Hank Pym build anything other than those suits, right? But who knows? You know, maybe there's more to Hank Pym than meets the eye. You know, but... I guess I would be totally fine with him taking over Tony's role for the Avengers, you know, the tech guy, the guy who does all this and <clears throat> designs this, builds this, figures this out, you know. I mean, we'll just see what happens, you know. We'll know when the new Ant-Man movie comes out. You know, I hear there's a already talk of a new Thor movie. Um... Obviously, Ant-Man 2, or Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You've got, well, the new Spider-Man coming out. The Eternals, that's, I guess, going to start shooting soon. That's coming out. And the Eternals... I want to say, doesn't that... I think the Eternals has something to do with... Maybe this multiverse that they're talking about in... Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? I think one of the Eternals from 
a multiverse or something, or I don't know. <clears throat> I've never really read any of these comics. I've never even been in the comics. Everything I know, I just watch from the movie and then read online. So I'm sure most of what I'm getting is probably false. <laughs> but, uh, you know, these movies, I'm excited to see what's coming down the road. I'm a little upset, though, with the Black Widow movie. I don't understand how you can take a person out of your franchise, but then give her a solo movie. This movie should have been made a long time ago for her. Long time ago. You know, um, another reason why I don't think she's really gone out of this, uh, out of the MCU. I, I think at some point she's probably going to make a return and you probably find out that some way it was either Captain America that got her back or from one of the either Hulks or Tony snapped, uh, you know, that got her back or something, you know, because <clears throat> I just. I can't see giving somebody a, a solo movie after they're dead in your franchise. I just, unless you, you know, ha, unless there's plans to bring her back at some point, you know. Because origin story for me right now with her doesn't do anything because, you know, you were just taking her out of your, supposedly out of your franchise for good. So, oh, here, by the way, we're going to give you this movie. No, that's, that doesn't, I don't get that, you know. <clears throat> they shouldn't be doing that. This, they should have given her this movie a long time ago. I mean, she's made how many soul, like, different movies? You know, that movie, what, Lucy? That was pretty good. Ghost in the Shell wasn't too bad, you know. How many years ago were those movies, you know? I mean, those would have been the time to give her a Black Widow movie, an origin story to lead up to Infinity War and Endgame. You know what I'm saying? That would have been the time to do that. Um, other than that, man, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure after I uh, finish the podcast, there's going to be other things that pop in my head I could have talked about, questions, Um you know, but yeah, some of the biggest questions were just pretty much, yeah, how uh, Captain America came back as an old man. <laughs> you know, um, and trying to think. You know, there was something else. Something else, and you know, right now it's escaping me. Dang it. That's why I have to actually start writing stuff down that I want to talk about. Instead of just trying to go off the top of my head, I need to come up with a plan. I have a written plan here, what I want to talk about. So I will have that stuff for the next podcast. Whether it be about another movie, which I don't know. I may review movies, uh, you know. I don't go to the movies all the time. But, you know, I, don't know, I might. Movies aren't that expensive, like 10 bucks, you know. Once a month or something like that, catch a movie or, you know, I can do a review. I don't mind. 
but I still need to get back to doing the stuff for the uh, theme parks, though. <laughs> this past Sunday, I was over. I went to Universal and went to the... Oh, I wanted to see the Today Cafe, you know? <laughs> Hang out with all the yuppies. You know, the hipsters. You know? Sit in those nice, comfortable chairs. And let me tell you something. If you've ever been in the Beverly Hills Boulangerie and you've had to sit in those seats... You are absolutely going to fall in love with sitting in the chairs they have there now. Because they have full-on sofas. Full-on soft, cushiony chairs. Yes, you sit down and you do not want to get up. Very, very comfortable. I had the matcha green cream puff, which is supposed to be a matcha green tea. And we got a chocolate cream puff. The matcha green tea, if you've ever had it, I don't know, the cream puff didn't really taste like the matcha powder that I usually mix in a drink. Still tasted sweet and everything like that, but it wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I'd have it again. Chocolate uh, chocolate cream pie was really, really good. Cream puff. I don't know. Cream something. Um, I know that cheese board that they have, it's like $18, $19.99 plus tax. It's not very big. I honestly don't know if I would give them $19 for that. I just, it's very, very small. That board is probably the size of, I don't know, it's maybe a little bit bigger than one of those fire tablets. You know, not big at all. You get a couple of pieces of cheese, some grapes, a couple of pieces of meat, and that's about it. The sandwiches, though, look really good. The sandwiches, oh my God, they look good and they smell good. So, yes, uh, they have different options than what Beverly Hills Boulangerie had. They had pretty big sandwiches in the Beverly Hills Boulangerie. These sandwiches are a little smaller. They're still like 13 bucks. It's a little expensive, but at the same time, you really don't want to have a big monster sandwich and then get up and walk around the park. You know, you kind of just want something that's just enough to satisfy you, but not fill you up. Those sandwiches, I think, honestly, will do that. I just really don't like the price. I think, the, you know, but that's the theme in the whole park, you know, theme park, but yeah, just twelve, thirteen dollars for a sandwich, but they look good. They really look good. So, but yeah, I got to get back to uh, the theme parks. I got to get back to Disney. Um, the opening for Hagrid's coasters coming up, so I will be there that Thursday, and I'm sure there'll probably be a line. There'll probably be a line going out the freaking park. I hope there's not. But, uh, you know, I'm going to try and get on a soft open. They've got to do soft opening soon. It has to start. So I wouldn't mind getting on one of those. Um, I also started a YouTube channel. Not really vlogging the way most vloggers do. I'm just taking videos around the park i'm really not talking in the videos i'm just taking video 
and I'm just uploading that. They're not long videos, you know, maybe a minute, two minutes, three, four, five, six. Um, so, you know, we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. And we'll see, uh, you know, what we can do. But other than that, I've already been recording here for 56 minutes. Woo! Oh, my voice is going to be sore for the rest of the day. Oh, but I'm going to let you guys go. If you did stick around to this, uh, the end here, I thank you very much. And I'll see you again on the next podcast. Have a good day.